So, yeah, so how are you? First of all, let's get warmed up. Um, yeah, how do you feel? Ah, uh, great, actually, amazing. I am looking so much forward to our talk. <laughs> Fantastic, that's really cool. Me yeah. too, I've been looking forward to it. Um, yeah, ever since you said finally yes that you would do it, um, I had a really exciting um workshop this morning as well and it was what was one of the main sort of positive themes for me going into that was I also knew I had such a pleasant experience waiting for me on the other side um, and, and that gave <laughs> that gave me some confidence going into the uh, the workshop as well because I wasn't sure how that would turn out um, so yeah it's great it's just good to have that you know that Friday feeling you know and it's uh it's for such a positive uh, reason too yeah Definitely. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I'm I've already I'm already recording. Um, yeah. yeah. And um, so it's, I mean, it's such a natural uh, conversation, and um, we're both so um, yeah. I think the chemistry is fantastic when we when we talk as well. And considering I haven't seen you in such a long time, um, it's uh, yeah, it's just good to be able to talk one to one with somebody um, in such an open way. Yeah, I also appreciate very much that you asked if uh, if I would be interested or if I would be up to. So thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, it's true. We didn't see in a long time, but uh, I can promise you we will run into each other this summer. I'm Wonders. planning to come at least uh, once or twice to Berlin. So okay. COVID-19 allowing and so on and so on. But yeah, that's on the agenda. <laughs> Fantastic. Good. Okay. All right. And uh, yeah, obviously, Lena will be extremely happy to hear that too. Yes. Um, and uh, yes, this time you can include me in your plans. Definitely. Uh, definitely. Good. Good. And good, good. Yes. 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 Though he'll be running around, I don't think he'll be too concerned with our topics. But uh, anyway, maybe that's for him to learn and enjoy when he's a bit older. Um, but yeah, I mean. You know, normally uh, people say, oh, you've got to do an introduction to uh, the guest, as it were. Um, but I, I, I don't want to consider you a guest. I'd like to consider you as uh, you know, somebody who's sort of moving in, um, especially to the podcast, because I would love to have you back um, on many occasions to talk about your your developing ideas and the additional things that you have uh, planned and so on. Um but I mean, there's nobody better to talk about yourself than you. And, you know, you, you do have a fascinating background as well, don't you? Because it's it's not too common, um, mm -hmm. you know, the person that you are, um, but also the experiences that you've had. Can you, you know, enlighten the public a little bit? Yeah, I try my best to enlighten everybody <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to my person. So yeah, my name is Tanya and uh, my background is the following. So my father is Italian and my mom is from former Yugoslavia. And uh, I know that this country doesn't exist anymore. And I often get the question when I started like this, well, yeah, but that country is not there anymore. So which part from former Yugoslavia, like which of the new countries? But I stick to what my mom always says, and she refused to choose. So she said the country I was born in is former Yugoslavia, so that is where I come from. Uh, plus, my family over there lives in different different places, like today would be different countries. 
Um, and I was born uh, and I grew up uh, and got socialized in Germany, in good old North Rhine-Westphalia, North Rhine-Westphalia. Yes, that's where my parents met, actually, and uh, where they decided to stay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's a combination of, you know, so much, as it were, and uh, also initially, you know, it's quite clear to see the uh, the roots of the character, you know, that your your mum refuses to bend to uh, yeah, this sort of political will to to categorize a person in a specific way. And she's she's quite clear then. Uh, no, that's how it is. And uh, that also takes character. We have to uh, we have to recognize that. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I absolutely I agree 100 percent. And that is why I respect what she says. And so that is how I define my mother's part. And uh, um, I mean, I can also understand why a part of that, uh, I believe it's not easy if you are born in a country which then disappears as such. I mean, there are many people who not only in the case of former Yugoslavia, uh, also there are other countries who had vanished or rearranged on a geopolitical level. And um, so my, my mom is from a family, they've been six siblings. And if I understood her right, that every, uh, every child was born in, an, in another region of Ex-Yugoslavia. So, in, oh, wow. in, in, you know, so that is like, okay, one in nowadays uh, Serbia, one in nowadays Bosnia, one in nowadays Croatia, one in, so what are, what are you, you know? And then my, my grandfather is from one region and my, grand, oh, my grandmother was from another region. And then uh, the, um, like for example, my, my uncle, the brother of my mom's, uh, he married uh, my auntie and she's again from another region. And so that is also like, it's all mixed up. So if it comes to, hmm, of course my family uh, on the Balkans lives mostly in one country, uh, but yeah, but the dot. <laughs> mm -hmm. No, fair enough. I mean, you know, what is great is that you you, you love diversity. You 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 embrace diversity, and um, you know, people I think far too quickly forget the beauty there is to be found in diversity. If we were all the same, how boring would life be? Yeah. 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 Totally, totally. And that is also when it comes to my my own heritage. I mean, you you um, you said so at the beginning. Uh, in the introduction that that is quite a, an unusual mixture i actually know only two other people who have this mixture like it's it's more common that your parents if they are immigrants to a country mostly come from the same country so you have an italian uh, man with an italian woman you know like or uh, a yeah. spanish with a spanish and and uh, or you have an italian with a german in germany you know, sure. German with an Italian in it in Italy, but so I'm like mixed between three countries or three regions, three cultures, um, and I I I liked it. I appreciate it. 
And, and the confidence that your you obviously your parents have, but you've also inherited because you um, your your work has taken you to areas of uh, you know with around the world which are you know in in many ways considered perhaps a minimum problematic. Um, <laughs> but you know you you seem to have thrived within these experiences, and they've um, they've also formed a part of who you are today, have they not? Yeah, definitely. So I've been um, working over a decade, uh, specifically in crisis-torn and war-torn countries, where you have uh, a great degree of insecurity and um, also violence. So, um, yeah, so I did that. in the frame of the German Development Corporation. So I used to work for a couple of years in Afghanistan, uh, around about four years in total. And my last uh, destination uh, was uh, Lebanon. Uh, and of course, as you can see that there are so, like, even only considering Afghanistan and Lebanon, like it's, it's both countries are so different and the, the, the topics, the, um, um, because it was uh, not, an, not an accident that I ended up doing this kind of work. It was a very conscious decision after I, um, I finalized my studies. Um, yes. Yeah, and uh, how did you, because, I mean, the question of integration is particularly topical. Um, It has been topical for many years, actually, so uh, that's not a a novel thing to say. But, I mean, how did you feel when you became the immigrant? I mean, were you sort of subject to standard integration uh, problems or, you know, did the organization take care of that for you? Did you feel that you fit in? Was it your role to fit in? As in, you know, any any angle you wish to take this from, please, you know, feel free. Okay, so for example, when I started, um, maybe um, a good point to start is uh, is Afghanistan. So I went uh, there in 2005-2006 first, working for an Afghan NGO, and I have I was the the only woman by then working there and the only not afghan person so um and if i um go somewhere even if i go on holidays on vacation i've been i've been traveling a lot because this is just one of my biggest passions and uh so i consider myself as a guest so i try and uh, to, to understand pretty quickly what is uh, what am I supposed to do what not uh, because as a guest I don't want to offend anyone at least that is at least where I come from um, rational wise so in Afghanistan back then for example I I covered my head I always uh, wore long trousers and very long blouses or stuff and um, and then the other thing is that I am as a I have Mediterranean features, so dark hair, dark eyes. So if I put this type of clothes, I easily get uh, identified as an Afghan 
or as an Arab, for example, like also in other countries that happened a lot. Like um, I consider myself being lucky that I can merge in quite easily, which is like in Afghanistan, it's much easier for me to to uh, uh, fit yes, in, perhaps. To fit in, yes, exactly, to fit in than, for example, somebody with blonde hairs and blue eyes. You know, so, mm. yeah. And, uh, and the other thing is, um, um, I never had like a question which which mostly comes up is then yeah but uh, as a woman in uh, in a country where women rights are not like on the forefront um, how were you able to do your work also later when I worked for the um, German Development Corporation in the northeast uh, and that is um, I think I've never been considered as a woman like as a woman woman but as a <laughs> man as a yeah that, as a as a kind of a man woman or woman man like like i i'm obvious i'm obviously a woman like from my uh, from my like biologically yeah but um the um, like hmm the amount of opportunities I had, the decision-making I uh, could undertake, the, the way I moved um, made people... Um, hmm, I'd say comfortable to work with me. So I never, I never, I sincerely never faced discrimination uh i mean i don't know what had been talked about my behind my back but i wouldn't know that yeah, mm. in germany or in any other country either but uh yeah so that's basically it um yeah yeah it's, it's i find these things fascinating i mean you know woman woman you know um woman man um because the topic has been raised when i've spoken with other people that they've said that you know, for a woman to succeed in a predominantly man's world or a man's field or sector or company, uh, she has to almost behave a bit like a man. And then, you know, having done so, they've then sort of reflected upon that and said, but that's wrong because what I represent and what I give to an organization is in and through my womanhood. So I shouldn't have to be that in that way. Um, but, you know, Obviously, you know, women who do this are not given that choice and perhaps sometimes feel they have to follow a certain line. Um, it, it, does this also bear some resemblance to how you did things or was that different? You were still, as you say, woman, woman in this department. Like if, if we if we talk about my my time in Afghanistan, I um, it was a bit different than that. What you are now um, explaining, I, I know that, of course, I guess every woman or most of the women uh, have this kind of experience when it comes to work and maybe competitiveness. Um, but in Afghanistan, it was rather the attributions giving to my person because um, um, as a as a project manager and then later as the head of the project, I was in charge of certain things. So the the attribution behind that were okay, she's the one who makes the decision. 
for this uh, particular uh, project or for whatever, you know, like not in general, but for, for, for certain for certain things. So and this this amount of decision making power. I am um, so interested into history and into different cultures. So I, I really absorb things when I'm somewhere and I like to see everything and I like to understand everything. And I'm I'm asking like tons of questions and um, and and I didn't hold back when I was working there and when we were visiting uh, the communities we were working together with and when we were sitting with the uh, with the elders and uh, discussing things. So um, this curiosity, this is, is they um, they interpreted it in a in a they took it in a in a very positive way like they, they saw they they believed me or they felt my my interest you know mm-hmm. i didn't search a job and then i ended up in afghanistan i wanted to go to afghanistan and then and then that is why i was searching specifically for this kind of job and so that and and i did this decision twice so when I went there in 2005 and 2006, um, I came back, I, I added a postgraduate master. But when I left Afghanistan in, in um, late summer 2006, I knew after the master I would come back. I knew and I did. A, a further example of your determination, I think, uh, no less. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, the thing is, the things that you say are so fascinating. I mean, we could spend hours talking about this uh, alone. Um, and yeah, you know, what would be perhaps cool would be upon the return uh, when when I get you back here uh, on a further occasion, then we can we can delve into each into each topic sort of individually a bit more deeply. Um, but there are so many things that to to discuss today specifically with you uh, and to open up um, our, our discussions upon um, that it would be uh, a shame not to not to move forward with with these other topics. So I mean, culture is as you mentioned, you are hugely interested in culture and one of the main elements of culture is dance music and dance and so on so um i mean you have a specific passion for dancing um was this inspired from a certain ethnic uh, dance or have you always been interested in dance no i <laughs> i actually have always been interested into dance like really like as a child and in music i i still have uh tapes like cassettes you know like the mm. old school ones where where i which i recorded uh-huh. playing my flute and singing awfully but singing <laughs> i was just singing screaming having fun and uh, yeah and i actually always loved to dance um and uh yeah, my mom also and uh, my parents. I remember that when I was small, like seven, eight or so, they teached, uh, they taught me how to dance twist mm-hmm. <laughs> because that is what they used to da- dance yeah. before it. Yeah. And uh, so yeah, and then when I and then um, 
Yeah, I, I actually, uh, I think everybody my age uh, knows, and not only my age, knows the movie Dirty Dancing, which came into the into the cinema, which was played in the cinema when I was, I think, 12 or 13, I don't remember. At least I know that I watched this movie in the, um, in a cinema and then I, I was lost. I think mm. like hundreds of thousands of other girls that age uh, all over the world. And um, yeah, and then I decided to join a dancing school with I think 14 or 15. Also like everybody does, like we were like half of our class, of our former class went to a, a dancing like ballroom dance. You know, and uh, and then I continued. I did that for like maybe three years or so, um, dancing also in a, a Latin American formation with like we were like twelve couples, and we had some uh, some shows. Like it was today, I would say it was quite cute. Uh, back then, <laughs> it was like the world. It meant the world to me. We were like training three times a week and we had specific costumes and everything and then I yeah then what happened was actually life happened and I stopped some ballroom dance when I did my my abitur when I finished high school and then uh, yeah and then I discovered the whole whole wide world and started uh, my university um, time so that's uh, um, that I didn't focus on this kind, like this uh, partner dance. But dancing was always meant a lot. I was uh, going out with friends to clubs, like we have this individual kind of dance. You know? mm -hmm. So yeah, I love that. And uh, and then I remember when I came back from Afghanistan 2010, and I knew I would be based at least what I thought back then for two years minimum um, in Germany, in Frankfurt. Um, I was like, okay, I, I check out the dancing scene and I will go and dance, uh, but I didn't do. I, I simply didn't do because don't ask me why I didn't do. Sometimes we have dreams and we forgot about we forget about them. And uh, um, Four years, like nearly four years ago, I decided to then really restart again. Um, and I started uh, with salsa and with bachata. I started with salsa, Cuban salsa and salsa cubana and salsa New York style. And then uh, while, um, while joining um, social dances, I like bumped into bachata, bachata sensual, and I fell in love with that dance. And uh, this is like actually um, currently my my main focus. I am not a professional dancer at all, um, but I love it. I do it, and I'm lucky. Luckily, I have the chance to to dance and to train around about twice a week uh, with somebody. So um, even through the whole, uh, throughout the whole COVID uh, period, when the dancing schools and dance companies were, were closed, um, and that did a lot to me, yeah. And I, I, I swore to myself that I will not stop it again. 
Yeah, that's wonderful. And um, yeah, I, I've made a note of this term that you used, is you, you, the dreams, um, that for some reason you, you had your dreams and you'd forgotten about them. Um, and I, it's, I, I think it's uh, amazing how often we allow this to occur and how rare it is that we somehow manage to find our way back to those dreams. But you have, um, you're living it, um, but you've also added to it because you, you, you mentioned a, you know, a specific kind of dance. You, you said uh, about the, you mentioned the sensuality element of it. Um, but now it's become more than a dance, hasn't it, for you? There, there's an entire platform there that has formulated in your thinking. <laughs> Yeah, I I love I love how you love how you guide me to it. <laughs> Inexorably. That's yeah. great. That's great. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So maybe um yeah. So what actually happened is that um picking up the this like restart dancing or rediscovering dancing for me made made a lot because it makes a lot with people. That is really what I believe. And uh, and not only that, also some other um, occurrences in my life uh, during the last two, three years made me um, focus a bit more on um, facets of my life where I didn't have the time before or where I didn't allow myself to have the time uh, to focus upon, upon it or upon them. And that is actually the whole uh, the whole topic of yes sensuality, femininity, uh, sensuality. Um, yeah. No, I say I said twice sensual sensuality, sexuality, and femininity. So those are the ones. Um, and uh, of course, this these topics have been part of my life throughout. But um, as I'm in a sabbatical since uh, <laughs> a good long period of time now, um, I had more time to focus on them. You know, I was like, my hypothesis is each one of us, we have manifold facets in our personality. And while we live the life we are living, we are able to develop some of these facets. But that means that others are um, not growing because it's just not possible. Yeah. So I was focusing for over a decade on on certain facets of my personality and of my character, and they were they were able to flourish, and I was able to develop there. And uh, um, and at a certain point, I decided, okay, but that is not only that. No, that's not. I'm more than that. There is there is more to the game. Yeah, there, there are more things to discover. And as I not only I, I do not only like to discover other cultures and other countries, but I do like I also do like to discover people and also myself. Yeah, I'm, I'm a huge fan of personal growth uh, and personal pers personality development. So so I, 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 I wanted to give myself space. And when I opened up the space, uh, once I decided to take a sabbatical, the things popped up, the dancing popped up. I, I didn't decide, I go 
for a sabbatical because I want to do this and this and this. No, I decided it's time for a sabbatical. I need time for myself. And then I, I see what pops up. And then the dancing popped up and topics like sensuality, sexuality, femininity, you name it, passion, eroticism, like everything in this field. But at least that is how it got started. And I, um, I had more and more interest uh, to discover myself and I had more and more interest to talk about that with other ladies, with other women. That was the, the start. Um, and so what I did is in September 2019, like one and a half years ago, I said, okay, if, if you want to talk with different women about their experience and uh, if you want to learn from their experience, if you want to share your own experience, then just go for it. It doesn't have to be highly professional. It doesn't have to be uh somewhere outside now i can also um start with those ones i know and i can invite them home so and uh and that's what i did and so the central talk started actually at the beginning the name uh i gave the whole baby was um ladies talk because i didn't have a, a name i didn't care about the name i cared about the meeting sitting together and uh, yeah, and I started with uh, with I, I select around about 25 um, women I knew, like friends and colleagues and friends from I don't know, lifelong friends, friends from uh, I, I only knew like half a year from dancing. And um, since then, I'm kind of organizing and running the central talks once a month. Um, basically, yeah. Yeah, and and you've obviously you've had to go then you, you had to move, adapt it because of Corona and it's gone into uh, online I guess in many in many cases. Um, but I mean it, it's fascinating because you, you talk about many many topics there. Um, you haven't gone into too much detail and that's that's uh, fair enough. So that that's for, for me to try to pry out. Um, uh, but I mean, before we get to that, do you still sense that a lot of women consider this topic uncomfortable? Do you get that feeling still? Yes, definitely. Yes. And I also have a, some hypothesis on that, why that is. Yeah. Is it, do we have to be members to, to find out? Or can no, I no, no, no. <laughs> Like if you want me to start to get started, I could talk for an hour without stopping. <laughs> so that's, I don't that's, want that's cool. to just run over you. <laughs> feel free, because, don't worry about it. Because I'll bounce this is up. like really, and um, like it's a it's a it's a hard thing. Like it comes really comes from my heart, you know, like uh, uh, what I'm what I'm doing there. So um, okay. Mm, well, let's let's go one, one one sort of step at a time because I don't want to give away the entire game in one go because I, I you know because I would also like a for you to come back and keep talking about these kinds of topics but on top of that I think people should um, you know, there are going to be people who who listen to this and are going to be genuinely intrigued um, and I think that you know they need to get an experience of it they need to to speak with you they need to interact with you and your groups. Um, and, and this should be like a, a sort of entryway to it. 
Um, and, and so that's, you know, for that reason, we should, you know, go sort of, you know, sort of slowly into that wonderful uh, uh, household that, that, that you have presented um, there for them. Then I, I just would elaborate a little bit on the development, like what I did in the last one and a half years, um, like very, very slowly. Um, <laughs> so um, in uh, September 2019, I, um, I organized uh, what I called a ladies matinee. So I invited uh, the ladies to my house for nice food in a nice um, atmosphere um, and um, where I where my main focus was to provide a, like a kind of a safe space and um, a positive space like that it that it's I want people I would love people to talk about these issues in a very positive uh, way without all this filthy, difficult um, connotations it sometimes has. Mm -hmm. um, so that's at least where I got started. And uh, I don't have, for example, when I invite for such a, a central talk, I don't have a topic. I don't give a topic and I don't play the moderator. What I do is um, I try to kickstart because mostly the ladies don't know each other. I mean, today, now, um, some of them, they know each other. So it's a big, hello, hello, you're back. So nice to see you, you know. And also friendships have um, developed throughout the, um, the Central Talk, which is, which is uh, magnificent, which is amazing. So, and um, yeah, and I did not change to online. So I did, oh. uh, no, I, I did uh, in September and October, in November 2019, I did uh, the essential talk um, and then uh, beginning of last year as well. And then when COVID hit us, I decided purposely against going online um, because I felt that for this topic, no, I didn't want to. I, I had the feeling everybody was going online with every kind of thing and I, I didn't. So what I decided was, I go, okay, I want to stay in touch and I would like to um, offer to even more ladies to be like a part of it or to, to contribute or to, to come together and contribute with their, with their experience, um, that I started a little newsletter, all very unprofessional. It's an email. I call it newsletter. I, I actually uh, called it a treasure trove. <laughs> where I put where I put um, links and hints of documentaries, of books, of uh, of uh, home pages, uh, everything around the topic uh, of uh, sensuality, sexuality, etc. Um, yeah, and I got really a nice feedback, so that is why I kept doing it. Yeah. So and that is how and then when um, when we were allowed again, then last year in summer, I restarted with the uh, with the central talk. And 
Then in winter, we've been hit again last winter with the, with the lockdown. And as we were um, allowed to meet one-on-one, -on -one, I, I offered a, a thing called Central Private. So private meaning like if a lady would want to talk about whatever issue, um, she could come and visit me. Like uh, we, we would sit together and we would have a glass of wine or coffee or whatever, and, and we would talk and exchange. You know, mm. and uh, there were ladies who uh, who who came, who were interested in, uh, which I I really I I very much liked and I appreciated, and maybe because I don't think I I stated it um, clearly enough, at least not for for my gusto is um, when I say I want to talk about sensuality and femininity and sexuality, my, my aim, my personal aim is that I want to live my sensuality and my femininity and my sexuality in a way which, which pleases me, which is good for me and which I like. And I wish this for every, for every other person as well. And that is where I very, very uh, quickly um, opened up the, 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 at least the thoughts. I couldn't, I couldn't um, um, put it on the ground. Yes, mm. yet. Like uh, I couldn't realize it yet through through COVID nineteen. But um, I mean, this is it's not only about ladies. You know, like, and um, I, I don't. It's not an exclusive um, thing. So actually, I don't only want to talk with women. I also would like to talk with people who feel like women or who live their feminine side. I also would like to talk about with men about these topics. I would actually like to talk with like LGBTQ plus people, you know, like that. Mm. That, would, that would be like um, I said before. I really like diversity, and I believe in the. I believe in the power of diversity, uh, and um, and this is something. I really need to think about how how I can how can I reach out to to people um, who would be interested uh, to exchange to open up in a yeah in a safe environment so that we can like I would have tons of questions to to I like everybody like everybody if we would meet up for a for a central private or whatever, I mean, mm -hmm. I would like bombard you with questions, you know, like in, yeah. in general and in general, I like I'm aiming. I, I would love to talk with uh, human beings between 12 and 112 <laughs> years old of any kind of religion, of any kind of nationality, social background. I don't care. You are uh, your 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 gender like uh, i don't care 
are you a mother a father do like do you have children do you not ha have children do, do you consider yourself asexual or uh, i don't know like um, i'd love to talk about these topics with people with uh, disabilities i'd love to talk with women uh, who um are who faced already the menopause you know uh like like there's like i could go on and go on like i really i like i would love to talk with everybody who would be uh open uh and who has something to say about that and sincerely i believe like every human being has to say something about this topic because it is so crucial yeah absolutely um yeah when you started talking about your passion um the 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 data uh, transfer on our on skype went down it was almost as though the, the power that with which you were communicating was affecting the data transfer um are you you are still there i hope yes i hear you yeah okay all right Sorry. Cool. yeah no 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 you were completely quiet so i thought oh god uh, what's happened here um yeah but i mean what you mentioned there is a um you know, a, a specific idea that uh, comes through, which is of almost you know, sensual purity, because you know, we, we sort of talked about before with regards to the comfort with which women communicate upon the subject of sensuality mm -hmm. and sexuality and femininity. And when we were talking, um, you know, in our planning session, as it were, um, and, you know, the, the topic came up about how, you know, the porn industry essentially has dominated the uh, the field of sex, you know, and mm -hmm. has has painted it in a specific light. Um, but your your concept is completely different. It's you know you're not talking about trying to create um, the, you know a male dominated um, how should we say short termist approach to providing uh, your access to the, the the divine orgasm. You know you are talking about well, yeah I mean just to mention it you know you are talking about this essential belief which basically says people have the right to be able to enjoy themselves, their humanity, their bodies um, in a clean way. And there should not be this negative thought process attached in doing so. We should be able to talk about this, you know, openly almost. Yeah. No? Is, is there this element to it? Yeah, definitely. And the, the, the point is that we are, we are, very much constrained and we are constraining ourselves as well so um one of the one of my like one of the crucial question i'm also asking myself uh, is like which facets of sensuality do i really like of my sensuality do i live do i incorporate or have i incorporated into my life and which ones not and why not and then the, like I would say, the, appara the apparello <laughs> starts working. And mm -hmm. uh, mostly when I, and this is based with talking um, on, like there have been around 50 women participating in the, in the central talk so far. 
and talking talking with them listening and observing is uh, like reading and uh, discovering things in the last one and a half years and even longer um i i always bump into the things that if if we in the field of sexuality and sensuality if we don't allow us to um, or let me speak from myself because I don't want to generalize because I also believe this is like a highly individual subject, you know, yeah. so there are parts of my sensuality I did not live for a long time or I, I'm not living yet, maybe, let's assume, yeah. uh, and then why not? And then I bump directly into two things, into shame and into fear and into the conditioning system. I'm living in and uh, in I bump, I'm also bumping into the the soci socialization I had, you know. Mm -hmm. So and then and and these are actually limiting myself, or I am limiting myself through them. And sometimes it's mostly it's really un unconsciously, you know. We yeah. don't we don't we don't allow us. To or I I didn't allow myself to fully live my my fantasies mm -hmm. because I I didn't um, take them serious. I was like, yeah, there are some some fantasies, some nah, that's not how it works, you know. Yeah. And uh, and there's one word I really disguise, and that is the word normal or normality mm. and specifically if it comes to sexuality and sensuality there is no normal sex sex is always and sexuality is always the intercourse between two three four five i don't care how many people is always highly individual mm. yeah it was um a slightly different topic, but it brings up. So I hope we will stick to this topic. But when I was watching something called Mind Hunter, where they talked about um, how the FBI produced its uh, profiling for serial killers, mm -hmm. um, one of the things that they had to look out for was sexual deviance. Um, and they highlighted this by the terminology that were used. And they they talked about blowjobs, they talked about hand jobs, and all of these kinds of things. And these were the the social deviant things uh, that were mentioned. Um, and what is interesting was that towards the end of a certain process, uh, they said, "Sorry, we've got to scrap all of these because none of these are you know are deviant anymore." You know, um, humanity has actually moved on. If you engage in these activities, that doesn't make you a serial killer because these have become very normal activities. Yeah. Um, and and the thing is that you know humanity does move on. We do move forward. Unfortunately, um, a lot of these steps forward in the topic of sensuality and indeed sexuality are taken uh, hidden away. Because exactly for the same reasons that you say, open society or open communities find it difficult to talk about these topics, which are completely and should be the word that you hate, normal. You know, this course on this kind of topic should be fundamental in our individual growth. Yeah, it's like the elephant in the room, you know, mm -hmm. and, yeah. and, and it's so for me, it's so... 
uh, I would even say it's funny if it wouldn't be so sad that it's easier for people. Like, I have the impression that it's easier for, for people to talk about porn than to talk about their own desires. Um, and yeah, I absolutely agree uh, on what you just said, that things changed a lot. You mean between me being a teenager and the teenagers of today and the teenagers in between, mm -hmm. things changed. When I, when I was a grown up, we had this um, video cassettes, uh, VHS cassettes, you know, and you had this, yeah. this, um, this um, uh, shops where you could go and you could borrow them, you know. Mm. And in my hometown, we had a quite a big one, and so you entered, and then to the right was the 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 door for the family, like the family section, mm -hmm. <laughs> and then to the left was the porn section, which was like the male section. Which mm. is uh, interesting enough, you know, because I mean there are also enough ladies and women who who like to watch porn. But anyway, so back then, and if you um in the 80s wanted to watch a porn that is how you did that you know you or you made it yourself or you went to get a vhs mm. and, and now since so not like since many years like we have you porn etc um what i what i usually um what i what i once stated is that I, for, for me at, at least that is true, like I had my first experience, my first sexual experiences first. And then only years later, I watched the first porn. Mm. So, and, and now we are actually in a, in a situation and you can read it that they are also uh, scientific, uh, researchers working on that, um, that you have uh, many young people watching first porn and not one or two, like consuming it like in mm -hmm. a regular base. And then after a couple of years having their first own sexual intercourse or experience. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what it does, but I really believe it makes a difference. Yeah, I, I once re read an article about this, and the, the, the article actually exposed the possibility that watching or consuming too much porn actually removed from individuals the ability to uh, make love or have sex themselves because they have in their ideas these uh, amazing situations that the the actors there find themselves in um you know conducting you know certain uh, activities um and you know sort of men tend to because normally it's the men that have the problem actually doing the job um you know find themselves questioning whether or not you know God, will she react in that way? Because in their mind, they, you know, the person has to scream and go absolutely crazy on this. And you know, that doesn't happen. They were, why didn't you say anything, you know? Um, so essentially, it, you know, okay, porn has a certain excitement element attached to it, but there are dangers as well. Um, and so therefore being completely reliant upon that for sensual development um, is perhaps uh, uh, misleading and unfortunate. Yeah. 
the thing is, the thing is, you you continue going for um, outside validation, outside orientation, instead to watch inside and to feel your body. I mean, as I said, for like in my opinion, like sensuality, my sensuality and my sexuality is highly individual. Of course, there are also other human beings, other women. Uh, feel maybe the same, you know, or we would have the same preferences also. But at the end of the day, it's it's what what I yeah, if, if I have an orgasm and I want to scream out loud for 10 minutes, then then I want to do so. But if I'm having an orgasm and I want just want to be quiet, because that's how I feel in that moment, you know, mm. then I want to without uh, being under pressure to perform in a certain way because that is considered normal. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, there's there's so much to to talk about this kind of topic, and I'm I, I really hope that we go we go further along those lines as well. Um, one other element, because I tend to put one hour more or less as the, okay. the 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 limit that people have to be able to concentrate. Though I have a feeling some people will be wide awake into this hour, um, listening, uh, sort of hanging on every word that you say, Tanya. Um, but one other question: How generally do um, the, the sessions go so uh, you've mentioned a few details you mentioned that you ask questions of people um, do you sense a certain reluctance at the beginning I know you guide them and you talk about yourself and you make them feel comfortable um, but for example if you know if there is um, a lady that listens to this uh, uh, podcast and says oh, do you know I want to speak to Tanya I want to have a session I want to know what um, you know how I can um, overcome these issues how I can you know move in a certain sensual direction where I can actually start to appreciate myself rather than judging myself um, yeah how would you for example proceed with you know if somebody were to make contact with you um, a stranger perhaps um, how would you then you know, sort of guide them through the process so I actually what I do is that I um um, I start mostly. I start the introduction with uh, um, um, underlining or stressing that that everything can, nothing is a must. You know, like if somebody wants to join the central talk, for example, or would, like is interested in talking to me, then um, then or let's let's talk about the central talk. Like just because you're coming to the central talk doesn't mean that you have to reveal something. You can just sit there and listen. And you that's how you participate. And that is also what happened. I had ladies coming uh, and uh, they, were listen they were listening. They were all awake, all there, all very present. But they, they didn't share things from themselves. And that's fine. And then you have others who really have, uh, like, I have this topic and I'm, this is why I'm thinking of just for weeks or which, I don't know, just um, came up uh, the last days and they are um, coming up with that. What I always state is that we are amongst us, um, it's, uh, there is a certain degree of confidentiality. And I don't know. I mean, uh, in, the, in the field of international relations and international policy, 
there um, is a rule called the Chatham House rule. And um, this this rule states that when, when you have a meeting under the Chatham House rules, the participants are free to use the information, the information received and shared, but uh, not the identity nor the affiliation of the speaker uh, or of other participants uh, can be revealed, you mm -hmm. know. So yeah. like if, if I'm if if I had a central talk uh, with, let's say, eight ladies, then I would not say, I don't know, Susan said that. Yeah. Or somebody would not say Tanya said that. Yeah. But um, I would say one of the ladies stated. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or I was uh, one friend said. And the thing is that this is not. It's confidential, but it's not in the sense that it's um, it shouldn't be hidden. I mean, I want the the ladies to go out to share it with their with their friends, their partners, with their daughters, their sons, their nieces, their aunts, their uncles, with like everyone they want to talk about it. You know, to spread mm. the word. Um, and uh, and the only thing is just not to 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 finger point like this person said that and that. And uh, another thing uh, which comes uh, sometimes up is like, um, because I have so far around about 80 ladies in the, in the email um, distribution list. And uh, most of them I know like very well, or I know some of their partners as well. And then, um, for example, a friend of mine once said like, Hanya, I would really like to talk with you about this a particular issue but I don't want to because I want to be loyal to my partner because you know my partner and I don't feel good if I tell you or I share in the central talk what uh, what uh, issue I'm having at the moment mm -hmm. so and then my advice or my suggestion is always like okay we are all grown up, like the youngest participant so far was 27 and the oldest over 70. Um, so um, you don't have to say my current partner, my husband, you know, you can mm. say in my life, I had this issue. Yeah. Or a friend of mine had that issue. You know what I mean? So you sure. can cover it up a bit. You don't have to like drop it all. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that is um, how how I try to make um, the yeah my guests to feel safe and comfortable. Mm -hmm. I mean, and also I guess a part of the whole process is that people you know get used to the topic themselves and become comfortable talking about the topic. So therefore, if you have this uh, element of secrecy about it, that defeats the whole purpose. But obviously, confidentiality, that's a different matter. So it's I'm sure lots of people um, have enjoyed the sessions with you, especially in knowing um, that uh, there are no negative comebacks to them as a result of uh, their participation. Mm. Yeah, so far everything went smooth. <laughs> yeah, cool. It's it's such a great thing, and I mean, when we talked, I mentioned it at the time. You know, I I'm so supportive of everything which 
provides for the empowerment of, of women um, and, and other genders. And I, I think you know, in all of the podcasts I've done before, sensuality has not been a topic that I've covered. Um, and I, I'm very happy that you are the one to deliver that topic because uh, you are you know, uniquely placed because of the, um, the platform that you want to give people. Uh, to discuss that and uh, it's great to hear about it that this is perhaps a door opening for you know for many people um, and it's a door which should never have been closed but yeah it's better late than never if you say you have a lady who's over 70 uh, that gives us all hope does it not it's it's a lifelong topic you know it's it's a, for me sensuality is a, is a, a value in life and that is not only in connection with sexuality it's like sensuality is like um wearing a nice uh, top is what you eat like using your senses you know in in any kind of way and um and i would really like to mm, sensitize myself even more and also others you know and uh, and for that i'm i'm seeking the the exchange that's actually i'm seeking exchange to 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 listen uh all the experiences of other people and to share mine if there is a an interest so yeah yeah that, that that's fantastic um uh, when you do expand it to also include people who are not women uh, you know could you add my name to the list because um, uh, it's definitely something I would like well, if, to. If you are yeah. interested, I'd love to to add you to the distribution list. Then. Yeah, please, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. wonderful. Yeah, definitely add me to the list. Um, okay, uh, Tanya. So we'll leave the first part there um, with with the hope that we will be able to continue and delve deeper into the topics uh, that you've raised today. Um, and yeah, so. Or can I say thank you? You're, you know, what you're doing is great. The way you do it is great, um, and the, the the manner in which you communicate your uh, your character and your intentions is fascinating. Thank you so much for your kind word, kind words, <laughs> Zach, and thank you so much for having me. And uh, to everybody who is listening, thanks for the time for taking the time to listening. <laughs> yeah, and I'd love to be back. I mean, we we really. We only tip the iceberg. It's like there's so much more to talk about. That's wonderful. I think. I mean, I, I'm gonna try to record your your giggle there because it's a, it's an intoxicating laugh and it's suggestive of the person that you are. You want to have fun, and that's what <laughs> that's that's what that laugh says. It's I want to have fun. Yeah, and it's brilliant. It's pure. Um, so yeah, thank you, thank you, thank, thank you. you.